Yo, what's up, friends? This is Kalen, and Phil is back with us, man. What is up, dude? Dude, what is up? Long it's, time no talk. Well, I mean, we talk a while. On, the, on the daily, but as far as podcasts, I know it's been a while. Yeah, man, I'm super glad to to get back with you because, um, you know, it's just, I like doing, I like having the conversation. I like having, I like, uh, you know, picking your brain and and get not getting the things out of the conversation that uh, that I gather information from. So, well, with that being said, for those of you guys who are joining us for the first time, before we get knee deep into this thing, the Modern Day Sniper Podcast, what is it? Who are we and what do we do? Well, we are a podcast that's dedicated to discussing all of the up-to-date and relevant information that surrounds this lifestyle that we all love to be a part of and the journey that we're on as the modern day rifleman. So whether you guys are military or law enforcement professionals, shooting enthusiasts, hunters that are looking to, you know, extend the edge or a precision rifle competitor, you guys are all here for, uh, for one reason, because you're dedicated to the craft and, and like us, you're forever students of this, this, uh, this really rad journey we're on. So without further ado, I think uh, we're just going to catch up, man. What do you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a uh, catch up on, on everything. I think it's uh, important for our audience to know that obviously we have lives too. Right. Uh, sure. So I'm excited to share some news with, uh, with everyone and, and um, yeah, you've had some cool yeah. stuff happen. I bought a house and I'm um, officially a homeowner. Deal. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty cool to, to, to think when I turned 18 and I enlisted in the Marine Corps, I, you know, I told myself I was going to get out of the house and kind of looking at my family uh, and nothing against my family. I think, you know, we, we all now looking back, I think, uh, one, one thing that's aspiring to look at is a lot of my uncles and aunts, my, you know, my family, essentially first generation, well, you know, they migrated from the Philippines and they, they just made it work right. Uh, on, on, um, just surviving up here in America. You know, one of the things that I would say that in my generation of uh, peers, it's like, as soon as I turned 18, I got out of the house and I never looked back. Right. Whereas I see a lot of people nowadays, you know, kind of still sticking around at home and, and whatnot. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think it just really gave me the Marine Corps really gave me an opportunity to just grow up and be on my own. And, uh, even when I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I knew that it was like, okay, I can, I can go back home to my mom's or I can just continue to just be a fucking man and, and own my shit and, and, uh, you know, try to figure <laughs> out how to, how to, how to just be. And, you know, I got, I got that phone call cause it's been two years now. Uh, it's been two years this month, uh, that I've been working for Gunworks and, when I go to work every day, I, you know, I think, uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity that you, you gave me because you know, to be honest with you, I didn't have a plan, um, two years ago, you know, oh, just man. like I was going to get out and, and, uh, go to school and whatnot. But, um, people say that, uh, you know, you need an education to, to make it out there. You just, in all honesty, you just seem to be a good dude and fucking put in work. That's very true. Um, you know, education is obviously really helpful, especially if you're looking to get into a, you know, something really niche. Um, but at the same token, there is something to be said for just straight up being a good person and having a good solid moral background from which to base your decisions from and do your best to surround yourself with good people and have awareness and perception of what's happening around you. Right. And then you yeah. can, that's how you can really shape because you are the sum of the people that you, that you hang around. Right. Yeah. So, uh, that's a very real thing. 
a matter of fact, I just posted, I just made a post today about, you know, what it means to be present and what it means to be present is basically just be aware, be aware of what's going on right now in this very moment. And, um, buying a house is you're in the moment every day from here on out, right? This is, it's all your responsibility. And it's one of the, it's crazy because for most people in their lives, it's like the biggest decision or purchase that you will ever make. You know, I was renting for since, again, for 13 years since I joined the Marine Corps and I just figured out, I was just, I said to myself, it's like, I'm tired of putting money in someone else's pocket, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I'm thankful even everything with that's going on, I'm able to to have a job, uh, you know, with Gunworks and, you know, got to be thankful for everything I have that I could uh, provide for my daughter, right? Uh, especially during these, uh, during these times. So, yeah, all I can say is that I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful for the audience that we have that, uh, you know, that supported me and, and, and congratulated me on my, um, uh, my new house. So thank you for everyone. Actually, it was, a <laughs> it was my most liked photo ever. I got like 3,500 <laughs> likes on that thing. Uh, and, and it's cool. Cause it's just like, it just goes to show that, you know, uh, just people want to see you win and I want to see people win, right. I win at life. And, if, uh, if it's one thing that I enjoy doing, um, you know, I enjoy, you know, inspiring other people and, and hearing stories about, you know, whether, and the people that follow me, if some, some of them don't even shoot long range, right. They just, they admire the passion of that I have for my craft and how I'm able to uh, share it with others. And they use that, you know, for their own, whatever they, they're doing, you know what I mean? And I, and I get feedback like that all the time. And, um, it kind of reinvigorates some of my purpose. Um, we, we, we talk about uh, kind of our ups and downs and stuff like that that we have. I think we're all uh, vulnerable to it, right? Totally. Um, Absolutely, man. It takes a, a lot of work. It takes a lot, you know, like people talk about it all the time. And they're like, well, look at you, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And it's like, dude, this is not, this is, this is not easy, right? You, there's a lot of times you don't want to do things, but you just, you have to do them. Yeah. That's part of it. That's just the way it rolls. That's the way it rolls. Oh yeah. That's what's uh, going on. So now the, all the, you know, the, as, uh, as Mike said, all, all of the responsibilities are fall on you now and every little thing is, is your problem. Yeah. And let me tell you like painting a room and seeing every small little detail, <laughs> fucking nightmare bro now, now you know how i <laughs> and, felt and, with and i'm my like floors and i'm like thinking i'm like bro i was like this is not the most effective use of my time but it's so expensive <laughs> to pay someone else to do that shit <laughs> dude when i that's when i did my floors man that was like i made a big deal out of that because it was a fucking big deal there was a shit ton of wood floors to do and i had never done it before in my life and i was like ah this fuck how hard can this be fucking diy network whatever and I got into it and I was like, dude, no wonder these shits cost like 15 grand. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. And, um, I've had a couple of people come over, um, Matt Myers from BE Myers. He came into the house a couple weeks ago. We did a, we did a, uh, a shoot out at the range and he walks in, he looks at the floors and he's looking around and shaking his head. And he's like, holy shit, these are the floors. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, man, that's a, that's a lot. So it's, it's cool though. It's really rewarding. Um, like we're putting in a garden, uh, now we're going to do a retaining wall. We're going to put in a garden, a vegetable garden and, and like, it's cool to be able to, to now you have a slate, right? You have a slate 
that you can make your own, which is really cool. Oh yeah. Cause you know, my, my dad was a handyman and actually, you know, gave him a call to, you know, ask him, um, about some stuff and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, one thing I remember one of my childhood memories growing up was uh, one thing that hit so hard was when that like baby Yoda stuff com- started coming out, those memes with the, the Mandalorian. Um, uh, I haven't seen a, it yet. Okay. So there's like, there's a meme with a, a baby Yoda where he's holding a flashlight and it's like, uh, you know, me holding the flashlight. Oh, for getting dad. Yelled getting yelled at. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was so me, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I wish I would have done was pay more attention to, uh, you know, the little home projects that we would do at home and stuff like that. And it, cause he's really good with, uh, uh, you know, he's just really good with handyman shit. And, um, one of probably the smartest mans I know about you know, and really creative in, in, in terms of like, uh, architectural design. Um, I remember bi- building a big ass shed in the backyard in, in Alaska, uh, when I was younger. But, you know, when you're at a young age, especially in the generation that I grew up, I mean, fucking video games just started coming out and yeah. all I want to do is play video games. But now looking back, it's like, motherfucker, I wish I paid more attention to you because <laughs> now I'm, I'm over here hitting them up, asking them, you know, questions on, you know, simple stuff like, you know, what's a good paintbrush, what, what like just simple supplies that I need, you know, that I'm not going to break the bank and and he, he told me, he's like, Hey, like, obviously I have like all this stuff, um, you know, cause I'm painting all the time, but it's like, you don't right. need that because you're only going to paint one or two rooms and that's it. So, um, yeah. it, it's nice to have that, uh, that resource. You know, it's been really cool to have, um, to have Luke home, uh, from school. Cause he, we've, you know, I'm, we're out of school. Right. So yeah we're really fortunate both, uh, both Cass and I work from home and it's been a really seamless transition to have him here and, and do the homeschooling thing. As a matter of fact, we've discussed it and, you know, we're kind of contemplating on keeping him in homeschool from here yeah. on out because we just realized it's like, man, this is pretty seamless. This is not really a big deal. And, and as a matter of fact, we have, um, we have such a way, we have a way better connection with him now and what he's learning. Um, because to be a hundred percent honest, man, when we saw the, when we saw the common core stuff for like math as an example, like this poor kid is trying to learn math and he's trying to do like long multiplication. And the, you know, the common core thing is this box and the circles and whatever, it's a bunch of craziness. And I've, he got all of these multiplication problems wrong. And I was like, yo dude, you're pretty, you're super sharp. What's going on. And, um, he talked me through how he was doing it and I looked at it and it was like mind blowing. And I was, I was super petrified because I was like, man, I don't know if I can help him. Right. Because I don't understand how he's being taught, but luckily he wasn't far enough down the road in his learning process. And I said, Hey man, just give me two seconds. And I want to show you how I was taught how to do it. And he super freaked out. He was just like, Oh, it's not the way we were taught. Like he was, you know, got super anxious about it. But when he actually did it and he looked at it and he did it and he was like, that's it. He was like, dad, that's, are you kidding me? That's it. And I was like, yeah, man, that's not that big of a deal. And once he, once he clicked in it, he just took off. He was like, can I have more math homework? I'm like, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about external ballistics. Love math. <laughs> let's talk about max point blank. We're going to start working on, I'm going to teach him how to calculate danger space and max point blank next week. Um, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. We talked about that. I remember, uh, and how like common core, um, like 
what sucks about the common core is obviously it's like we didn't grow up learning yeah. that. So it's like, you know, when Zoe comes home with a math problem and she's doing common core stuff, it's like, I can't even help you because I don't even know what common core is. You right. know what I mean? And it's like, oh, this is the way I know of how to do that math problem. So yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting, I shouldn't say fight. Um, but, uh, but struggle definitely, you know, uh, learning, uh, again, I, I think, uh, one thing I do enjoy about teaching Zoe is, is she's obviously, you know, teaching your, your, uh, one of your significant others, right. A family member mm-hmm. that requires a lot of patience. Um, and that, you know, that's one thing I'm learning is, you know, I just had to be very patient and, and, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I know that I always think about doing, especially if I get uh, too old to, you know, carry a rifle is just to still end up being a teacher somewhere. You know, uh, I, I love teaching. I love giving back. And yeah. whether I'm teaching at a, a school or whatever, 10, 15 years down the road, um, I know that I'm going to be teaching one way or another. And, you know, I, I just figured this is the start of it. So it's, it's, it's really interesting you bring that up, man. Um, because when I was, I was flying pretty regularly for a while. And I also thought the same thing, uh, being a teacher. So there was a point in time where I thought I was going to be a corporate pilot for, um, my stepfather's business. And when that fell through, so like I went all through all of my ratings to, to be able to be a corporate pilot. And, and so, um, I used the G I used the GI bill and, and did all that. And, and, um, that ended up falling through. And then I thought to myself, I was like, man, I could be, I'm, I might think about being a CFI a certified flight instructor because it's, I, I really enjoy teaching. I don't just, you know, it's not just shooting. Um, it's the same thing with, with like skydiving. Like once I became a coach, a skydiving coach, I was like, yo, this is pretty cool, man. Like I'm not a, I'm by no means a ninja or anything like that, but it's cool to be able to to be a part of someone's experience while they're going through that, you know, cause it's, it's, it's just cool to be able to connect with somebody and, yeah. and get them to, to understand and, and, and uh, apply what it is that you're trying to teach them. Oh yeah. Teachers are way underpaid, but, I, but I think one thing I see why teachers do what they do is seeing that transformation when they first get their student and then nine months later down the road, you know, as far as, maturity process obviously the education process um you know one thing that i still remember growing up uh, and going to elementary school was just having that really solid connection with my elementary school teachers uh, and then seeing them the following year right uh you know let's go say we're going from fourth grade to fifth grade and then just i don't know uh just seeing them care so much you know what Mm -hmm. i mean um and I think that just that in itself helped me instill a lot of good leadership values that I obviously try to carry on when I was, uh, in, in my service. And one of the things I just kind of miss, um, about, uh, about the core, we talked about this, right. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I miss about being a Marine is <laughs> mentoring and, and, and guiding and leading Marines. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's one of the cool things though, that we, that we do get a chance to do when we, when we connect with our students. Um, that's, that's, at least for me anyways, like that's, those are the moments that I truly enjoy is witnessing the, you know, the aha moment or the big giant smile of accomplishment. Um, and, you know, just being around, just being around people in, in a really happy, enjoyable environment where, um, 
you know, they're learning a skill that, you know, for, for the majority of people, unless you're a military or law enforcement professional, this is, this is a sport that you're doing as a, with, with some manner of expendable income. Yeah, this and is a hobby for them, right? It's, it's a like, hobby. Yeah. It's, it's like, like uh, the only reason why I got into it is because I, I mean, I, I volunteered for it obviously, but you know, I was, I mean, it was all free training, right? I was getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like when, and then now that I have to pay, pay for my own ammo, right? So oh. people are like, people are like, oh, you're not, oh, you're sponsored? not sponsored. But guess what? I still pay for my ammo. I, I was showing my receipts too, motherfuckers. Anyways, um, now that I have to pay for my own ammo, it's like this shit's expensive, right? And and yeah, I, especially the students that continue to reach out for further education. That's what those are the students that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when I pass out my business card and stuff like that. Um, they'll, they'll follow me on Instagram and then they'll, they'll message me or they'll email me like, Hey, um, I'm, I'm going over this next time I go out to the range. And I remember you talking about this. Can you re- refresh my memory or whatever? Um, so if I have like a video that I just posted about it, or if I remember doing a video, I'll send them a link to it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I enjoy those students because it, it tells me that they are, I mean, they're truly vested and interested in spending their free time to continue to learn the craft of being a long range shooter. Yeah. While them in, so. it's a, it puts things into perspective, you know, when, when you have, um, civilian, you know, quote unquote civilian courses, because that is somebody's, they are working very hard f- for the opportunity to be there and spend their time with you. And that's a big friggin' deal. Like that's a big deal. And, um, I guess, you know, you look at it like, a like a guided hunt or something to that effect. You're providing a service because somebody is coming to you for a specific experience. And, um, that's something to take really seriously. Uh, and, and it's like, I appreciate every single one of my, my customers. I mean, you know, I got a chance to go on an insanely amazing, uh, float trip in Alaska last summer. And the, um, it was a hundred miles, uh, wilderness float trip and literally blown away by the experience. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll do, you know, a little episode or something in the future on like adventures or whatever. But like the way that this trip was ran, I looked at it from the perspective of being somebody who also provides a service, right? So like I'm looking at how they're doing things and I'm looking at how the crew works together. I'm looking at how this, you know, how seamless they are in transitions and how they communicate with the guests their, their persona. And it was like, man, you guys fucking killed it. Like, you know, it just, it was just amazing in every way being present. Literally. No, that's, that's great. I think that's, that's an awesome, uh, every time I, uh, when I, even when I go to matches, um, I do the same thing, um, to learn about being a better match director. Right. So when I go to matches, I, I pay attention to the match director setup. I pay attention to his communication from the, the time that I sign up. Um, and then when I get there, right, I, I pay attention to a safety brief. I pay attention to his course fire and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, what, what things do I like? And what, what things do I think that, you know, um, I could, you could do better. I could do better. Right. Yep. Um, and, and take away and, and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm always, um, I'm always, you know, I enjoy being continuing being a student, not only in the discipline of, of being a long range shooter, but also a, a student and being a teacher. Yeah. It's, it's a cool experience. It's uh, something that I look back on. Um, and I am, I'm really super grateful for the opportunity every day. Like part of my daily routine is I wake up and I spend some time. I don't do anything 
Um, I wake up. Um, I like to be up before everybody else in the house. And so I'll wake up at like 5.15. And um, I just sit. I don't look at my phone. I don't do any of that shit. I used to do that stuff. Um, and so I just, I'm super grateful every day. I just sit and, um, and have a, and have a, a pot of tea and wake up. And I just think about what I'm grateful for that day. And, uh, that really, really helps me set the tone for, uh, for the rest of my day. And I'm always one of the top things on my mind is I'm always grateful to have this opportunity to live and do what I do uh, professionally. It's like, it's bizarre. Like every time I think about it, like in, in reality, I'm like, dude, like this is freaking crazy that you're literally doing this for, you're doing this for real as a, you know, as a professional doing this as a, you know, it's your job and it's really cool. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. If you would ask me 15, 10 years ago, even still today, uh, what I would be doing 10 years from now, like I wouldn't have guessed being a, you know, a long range instructor, uh, competitor and like that, like doing it didn't even cross my mind. Obviously I was being focused on the present at that time, but you know, you always hear, Hey, what's your 10 year plan and, and whatnot. I, I, sure. I would have never guessed that I would have, uh, you know, pursued this path and, you know, I'm enjoying every step of it. Um, so yeah, like you said, I, I just am grateful. Um, grateful I ran into you at SHOT Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's just, um, that's just the way that's, that's just the way that synergy goes, right? It just goes, it just goes back to what you said, just being a good dude and working hard, man. Like, cause you know, honestly, if like, if I was a shit bag in the cyber community, um, like I'm, I'm sure it was just like, you would have just blow, blow me over. Um, well, the, I definitely subscribe. Like, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, the more spiritual aspect of yeah. that. And, you know, everything happens for, for, for a reason. And like, there's always, there's a plan for everything. And that's why it's, that's why I find it way easier to just kind of to, and this is something that, that, you know, I learned from Cass, like, this isn't something that I just developed on my own. Like this was cultivated by somebody who had a deeper understanding of it before I even came into the picture. And, and it was like, it makes it a lot easier to just kind of be focused on, on, creating the best thing that you possibly can right now and not future tripping too hard, you know, and, and constantly being worried about what the next day is going to bring and, and how that's going to look because there's power in letting that go and just being able to focus on what's right now and just be like, eh, you know what, if it shit doesn't get done next week, it doesn't get done. You know, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. And it's been a major shift. And since I've had that major shift, it's allowed me to actually be more productive because I'm out of my, you're out of your head. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, well, I mean, then, then again, though, like we don't, like, I don't have, I don't have good, I don't have all good days either. Like I just went oh, out dude. and shot the other day with a uh, shot with Mike and um, his wife, Keely and Ian Vargas and, and Corey Bibby, they came out and uh, wanted to do some practice. So we just did a, a range afternoon and it was just one of those days where I thought it was pretty funny. You posted that video, you dropping the mag out of that rifle. Mag drop ex- Monday. <laughs> that's exactly what I felt like yesterday practicing. I was like, geez, this is horrible. But it didn't matter. We had a lot of fun. We we bullshitted and and uh, shot some and and chatted and caught up. I hadn't seen anybody for a while just because of this this COVID bullshit. But it is what it is. 
Um, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't really, when we talk about mindfulness behind the rifle, I haven't really been able to truly connect with, uh, one of my, my rifles lately. And to be, to be a complete honest with you, I think we've talked about this. Um, I think a lot of it is just unnecessary stress that I'm putting on myself to be able to, you know, I'm not producing the content uh, because I've been so busy and working about other things that, that I, I've wanted to do. So, you know, when I go to the range, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, um, Hey, what, what do I need to talk about? Right. Like, you know, what, 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 what checking the box? Cause I want to be different. I don't, I never want to, um, I never want to regurgitate or, or, uh, do something that I've seen someone else done. Um, you know, I want to, I want to create my own style of, uh, um, authentic content so that, uh, again, it just, you know, um, uh, for me, it just separates me, you know, from all my other competitors and, and, and peers. Um, and honestly, what I've been doing typically, especially one thing I really like about these podcasts is being able to produce visual content from a podcast we talk about. Sure. But because I've been AF away, I haven't been able to do a podcast to talk about anything. So um, I, I'm just starting to get back in the rhythm of it, which is nice. You know, uh, last week I dropped a couple of videos, dropped the wind gun, uh, the gun number thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't realize, I mean, I, I literally, when I went to that practice, I shot, I shot those three rounds and that was it. I, I was like, I was like, Oh shit, it's super windy out. I was like, it's, it's Wednesday. Let's do a wind call Wednesday. Oh mm-hmm. shit. Gun number pull the 308 out. I was yeah. like, okay. And, and a lot of people are a little bit of confused on how I got that constant. You know, and, and I try to send them back to the uh, uh, episode five where we talk about gun numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, guys, if you're listening and you listen to that video or you watch that video and you're still a little confused on where we got that gun number, again, um, because I was shooting through a weight, listen, I looked at my ballistic calculator and I, um, you know, have all my parameters obviously already set in. And what I did was adjust my speed, assuming that the wind is coming from a full value. And adjust my speed until it reflected that every 100 yards, so 100, 200, 300, 400, turned into a decimal, um, essentially, uh, value for a wind hold, right? So that number was four miles an hour. So at four miles an hour with that 308, at 200 yards, my wind call would be 0.2, assuming that the wind is going four mile an hour. At 600, it would be 0.6, so on and so forth. 1,000 would be 1.0. So that's essentially now what I do is take that number or that four mile an hour. And now I calibrate my brain to be thinking in four mile an hour increments. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. So, yeah. That's so, a good way of explaining it. So now I'm, I'm thinking in four, eight, 12, 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what I did again, this, you know, in my video, if you guys watched it, if you haven't, it's on my, uh, it's on my Instagram a few videos back, but I take it. And I just guesstimated. I didn't pull a Kestrel out. I didn't pull my freaking, um, I didn't pull uh, my ballistic calculator out. I was just like, all right, based off that I'm freaking teaching in terms of wind, what am I feeling on the wind? Well, for sure, the wind is going full value. If you look in the video, I mean, the wind is blowing and howling. It was hitting my ear first and just the way it was sounding and the way it felt. I was like, it's easily a minimum of 12 miles an hour. So at least I have to hold, right? It could have been anywhere from 12 to 16, but I knew it was a minimum of 12. So I was like, okay, I'm going to run with that. So because it was 12 miles an hour, well, four goes into 12 three times, right? And the distance to the target was 0.5. And now a lot of people I think are wondering where I got that, where I, how I started with 
That's your range to the target. That's my range to the target. Exactly. With that in hundreds of yards in hundreds of yards with the four mile in our bracket, keeping in mind that now I take that constant of 500 yards, which is 0.5. And now I times it by three because it's 12 miles an hour. Right. And we, uh, the, it's really difficult to explain that verbally. Sometimes I find it, I find that it, uh, that it helps, helps people to click if you do it on a whiteboard or yeah. if you do it on a cheat sheet. Um, we developed, uh, we developed just some really, you know, quick checklist and, and it's nothing, it's just three columns that have 200 through a thousand yards in hundred yard increments. And then you just plug in your, you pick a wind speed, you say, okay, I'm going to do for a 308, we're going to do three, uh, four and five miles an hour. And then you line up, you just write everything down and then you just look for the patterns. And when you look for the patterns, that is usually when what, it clicks, that's when it clicks. You're like, Oh, cool. Now I see it. And then as soon as that happens, you're able to do it with any cartridge, any bullet. It doesn't matter. You can figure out where your thresholds are for range. Um, when you got to start adding a 10th, then you can figure out what density altitude has an effect and all that stuff. Uh, we talked about this uh, in some text the other day, um, but I remember texting, you know, I was like, dude, I was like, if there's one thing that I want in my office, which I'm, that's probably the most exciting thing that I'm putting up in my like studio office is a fucking whiteboard. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and we took, we, I mean, I don't need a PowerPoint. The PowerPoint guides me in my classes, I, but I could teach all day off a motherfucking whiteboard. Dude, right? I have not I used, have that quick. Yeah. I haven't used a PowerPoint presentation in a long time. PowerPoints are nice for pictures and stuff like that. But I mean, honestly, like I'm a fucking whiteboard warrior. And actually yeah. one thing that, again, just light bulb in, in my head, one thing I want to do, um, especially for our visual learners is a whiteboard Wednesday, right? So now that sure. you just made it, it's like, hey, it's hard to, because me talking about it, I'm almost kind of like, because I know it obviously clicks, but I know that someone that's listening is like trying to count like, what the fuck, what the fuck is Phil getting these numbers from? Mm -hmm. So if I like put that on a whiteboard for them, it's like, okay, like I get, I see where he's getting these numbers. So that's probably what I'll do for mm -hmm. my first whiteboard Wednesday is just, just kind of re, you know, re talk about that, that gun number and just store it on the whiteboard. Like, Hey, you know, 308, four miles an hour, you can do this with your cartridge. And, and some of them, some people have been doing it after they, they saw the video, like, uh, the people that I was able to get back to, you know, they'll send me their ballistic chart off Hornady and be like, Hey, does this mean I have a five or six mile an hour gun? I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, you, you've got it. So, and then I tell them, so now you've got to calibrate your brain to every, um, you know, six miles an hour or whatever. So like when I go to match and I'm shooting a six creed, I have to think in every six mile an hour wins. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, I can do it in three. So if it's three, then I would just cut it in half. Right. Which is, it's pretty linear. Yep. So anything past, honestly, uh, like 18 miles an hour, I'm going straight off of a, um, straight off yeah. of a ballistic, uh, yeah. ballistic, um, calculator. I consider that hasty, you know, I consider oh, yeah. it yeah. hasty and, and once like, again, time and opportunity, whenever the time and opportunity presents itself, get a, get as accurate of a solution as you can based upon your time and opportunity. And that's where those, like, you know, the levels of data collection that we, that we talk about all the time come into play where, you know, you want to have, you want to have multiple layers of data retrieval. You know, the very first, the very first is the mental layer of, Hey, hasty. Um, here's another one for you guys. Um, the 1.5 rule of the 308. 
You know, if you're shooting um, 175 grain match king at about 2,650 feet a second, depending on your density altitude, you can look at your range in hundreds of yards and um, you can go, all right, every hundred yards, my range in hundreds is equal to minus 1.5 and that's my dope in mills. So as an example, if I was at, you know, 200 yards and I'm shooting a 308, I say, okay, minus 1.5 from two, that's 0.5. We hold 0.5, we shoot. So same thing with 300 yards. 300 yards equals three minus 1.5. There's our dope 1.5 mils, hold it and shoot. And for minute of man, minute of man type targets, that's going to work for you um, in situations where you don't have time to either maybe get to a dope card or you're working off of the target reference point um, or you're shooting uh, maximum point blank drills or something to that effect. So that first layer is, is the mental layer. And then, you know, you have your hasty wind formula where it's like, all right, well, I got a four mile an hour gun. I got a five, 500 yard target. Wind's blowing eight miles an hour. I'm going to hold a mill, send it right. Hold up 2.5 or uh, hold up 3.5, hold a mill and send it. And you're going to get close if not connect. Yeah. So, you know, people that are listening and I get the question asked all the time, like, uh, especially when, when I'm, when I'm talking ballistics, right. During the ballistics class and you know, all this information is around the students. They're like, well, what if you don't have time? Right. It's like, if you have to say that, that you don't have time, you're not training hard enough. Right. Or you're not understanding that the, the message that I'm trying to get across, it's like all this stuff that you're doing now needs to be done prior to you stepping off per se the wire. Right. And when I say the wire is like as a hunter, that means, prior to you stepping out on your hunt. Mm-hmm. Like all of this homework needs to be done back at the range. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it's like when you challenge me as an instructor, like, well, are you able to do is like, trust me, like you put a 308 in my hands, I'll be able to shoot anything out to a thousand yards, any, any 308 shooting a 175 grand Sierra match King, even yeah. if it's a, if it's a, um, a different caliber or a different bullet weight, guess what? I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Based off of where that bullet's hitting. And, uh, you know, um, so people that are listening, it's like, ask yourself, how well are you able to shoot your rifle without the aid of reference uh, from a ballistic calculator? Dude. If you don't know, if you don't, can't answer that question, then you are not, you are, you are, yeah, you are not training hard enough and you're not, uh, absolving yourself away from these tools that are meant to be training aids, not crutches. Mm-hmm. Man, so uh, we did a really rad course of fire. Um, uh, you know, we had Cody's podcast, which I am totally bummed that you are not on that podcast. Like, we have to do a redo, dude. I heard, uh, I heard it. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet, <laughs> but I heard, dude, nothing but good things about it. Uh, obviously, because yeah. I follow the Instagram. Um, uh, I'm on the uh, admin on the Modern Day Sniper Instagram, and I remember seeing all the messages that, uh, yeah, that uh, came about it. Um, when you guys dropped it, that's all awesome. tiger stripes and blue jeans, baby and libo. Um, but Cody set up this badass course of fire. Um, he helped set up the sniper countries range. Um, I haven't really heard much about that training facility in a long time. Um, but that training facility is North of Utah, uh, North of salt Lake rather. Um, 
And it's a truly, it's a badass training facility uh, for shooting angles and stuff. Just not just angles. Cause I think everybody's like, wow, you're gonna have to shoot angles. And it's like, dude, just it's mountain shooting. Just it's, it's not angles. It's mountain shooting. So there's so much more that goes into that. So the sniper country uh, location is literally a ginormous playground. And um, I want to say desert tech still owns it, but I'm not sure. Um, but Cody set up this course of fire. He helped to spec out the range uh, a long time ago for desert tech. And um, it was myself, Cody, and another uh, guy that was uh, out there called Aaron Kirch. And we, the three of us were like, Hey, we're going to hike this giant finger. It's like a 2,500 foot tall finger. And Cody started at the bottom and he put in colored T posts, right? And so like the first T post you get to is say it's yellow. You look across the valley and there's, you know, all the yellow targets are the targets you shoot from that T post. And so we said, all right, so today we're going to go up with, with whatever guns, it was a DM course. So we all had five, five, six guns. And we were going to go shoot all these targets. Most of these targets were, you know, they were probably like two, two to three minute of angle targets, you know, Iron Maidens. This was, you know, for a military training facility um, and some, some, some smaller plates, like 12 inches. But we were doing this with five, five, six. And we said, all right, so we're going to shoot no more than three rounds at a target, no range finder, no ballistic computer, no mills, nothing like, you know, integrity check. Don't use your friggin' mills. Don't use your, don't use any of the, the formulas and the reticle just straight up. Hey, all I have is my eyes and my knowledge of my weapon system and my knowledge of the fundamentals of marksmanship to build a platform from which to deliver a precise shot. And dude, it was a blast. It was a blast shooting five, five, six, in in the mountains like that in in salt lake it was a blast and you you know we started to look at the scores and you got really you got to the point where it was like sometimes you're connecting on the first shot on shots that were pretty freaking long but if you spend all day doing it you know and you're just shooting you know dozens and dozens of targets all day long you get really freaking good at it you know it's just that's a great training tool one of the most satisfying, and I think, uh, you know, I think this is one of the things I want to do is make it out to Brian, uh, Brian Morgan's course. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Brian Morgan's got a, a, a fantastic facility, nothing but great, great things. And, and um, going back to what I know about shooting matches and, and where I've been, there's nothing more satisfying than connecting on a target, especially in terrain like that. Uh, yep. uh, cross uh, cross canyon winds from one canyon to another. I mean, the 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 feeling of it, like completely, like shooting on a flat range is so fucking boring. Really, <laughs> like I'll just throw it out there. Like, you know, sorry, the East Coast guys. Like, you know, is that truly long range? Mm. <laughs> like, you don't really know long range. You come out to the West Coast and you shoot in these fucking in, in this terrain. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like, that's one thing that I love about shooting these competitions is because the, the fucking venues are great and it, and it's just able to put me into, again, I would say realistic scenarios that challenge my ability to, you know, deliver a shot based off of the uh, conditions that I have, whether it be wind or even the shooting position. Right. Because 
you know, when you, when you go out to the field, you're not finding these fucking barricades, right? You're finding rocks and trees. Mm-hmm. You have unperfect prone where you're like, I don't know, um, sideways and, you know, when rocks sticking up in your freaking in your, in your stomach and shit like that. And it's like, Oh yeah, that dude, I could, I could imagine. He, he said it the best, man. He said it in, in the podcast, um, he said it to describe, you know, what it was like to be a sniper. And yeah. he said, I'm a fucking predator and I'm here to get shit done. And that's what, and that's really, truly like it, going to different venues like that and being in the mountains and being able to connect on those shots. That's because you're, you are truly a predator that's adapting. You have no choice, but to adapt to the environment that to you're environment. in. Yep. Period. End of story. Like it is like, it is what it is. And so like, that's the, that's the best part about the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Like shooting in the mountains like that. Like I, sometimes I just go up and, and shoot rocks. Oh yeah. And just go find some, some obscure location that's safe. You know, you're not slinging lead over a ridge or anything like that, but it's like, Hey, it doesn't matter if it's a piece of steel, just pick a rock out there and shoot at it. And you'd be surprised at uh, how much incredible training value you get from that. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, nine day, like I shoot on a square bay range all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I know the winds like the back of my hand, uh, you know, with the barrage cuts and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I'd say it's pretty easy to get on target, but, um, so like when I, when I connect to steel, it's, I mean, I'm really just training and, and, and working on my, but like when I go out to a venue or when we go into our enzyme mountain course, I mean, I truly get excited when, mm-hmm. when it's I'm, even different. when I'm connecting at steel at 400, it's like, that's a fucking chip shot, but shooting in, 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 in yep. like a cross canyon up, up, uh, um, upwind or a downwind it's like bro yeah i'm with it so no that's awesome you you start thinking about it i mean even a 308 you know full value wind 308 at at 400 yards that's eight mile eight mile an hour wind you're almost at a mill yeah you know what i mean like that's that's a that's that's a significant wind call for us for a relatively short range about 10 inches 10 inches of wind Mm -hmm. doing math in my head and if that shuts off you know, if that shuts off right away, your margin of error is so big for, you know, for that cartridge that, yeah, connected on a 400 yard target in the mountains and unknown terrain and wind conditions, that's nothing to scoff at. No, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, Cody is one of those guys too, that like when you talk to him, he's like, you, it reminds me that again, I always refer to me, I'm a fucking millennial, whatever, but that mean <laughs> it's like dudes that actually got shit done. He's just like, he's like this right? <laughs> yeah. and killed motherfuckers. <laughs> and then there's that, that dude that like, he's like, he's just like talks himself up. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, totally. Like two different yep. types of dudes. And Cody is the, definitely the guy in the Hawaiian shirt. On the yeah. Bottom. The Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Being like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's no, good, bro. Totally. <laughs> yeah, the, the disgruntled, pissed off dude with oh, his yeah, folded yeah. arms, you know, and he's yep, just yep. like calling people fucking snowflakes. Yeah. And this that's guy right. over here, he's like, the dude that actually stacks bodies yeah. is giving you the hang loose sign <laughs> saying, Mahalo, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. So um it's been it's been really cool. Um it's been really cool to get out and, and shoot. I'm, I'm fairly fortunate in the fact that my range is only like 15 minutes away. And, yeah. and I know you guys are all going to want to punch me right in the freaking ball bag for this, but I, I've been able to shoot quite a bit. 
Yeah. Um, you've been saying you've been training with your 308 a lot lately. How's that, mm -hmm. how's that been going? Really good because, um, you know, doing the fundamentals of marksmanship, uh, we're getting ready to, to release the fundamentals online course. And so I wanted to shoot that whole package with a 308. Um, and then same thing with long range, uh, 101, that we're going to be releasing shortly as well. I shot that all with a 308. So it's, it's really just a way to get, also get back to your roots, but it keeps you super honest. Um, and you have to be on your game. You got to be on your shit. Like I, I just threw it. I just, I posted a video not too long ago. It's like, I'm going to throw it. I threw the rifle up on a tripod, um, on the clock. And I went eight for eight at 600, 800, 960 and 1030 with 308 off tripod. So it's so, like, I, I don't understand what everybody's, bitching about i guess <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up um you know i uh i have i own a lot of calipers uh, mainly factory cal uh, calibers and um i've got one uh, wildcat um that uh, i got to reload for uh it, but i like having these factory calibers because again my ability to reload and, and and stuff like that um you know i'd rather just and the factory ammo that is available is good enough to the accuracy that you know i i want to be able to shoot right i'm not trying to freaking groups out to a thousand yards right um anyways everyone knows my stance on factory ammo so a lot of times especially when i'm getting ready for a competition the only time i pull my competition rifle out is to validate the trajectory obviously validate my load data validate my uh my muzzle velocity and make sure that my trajectory lines up with my um my ballistic software and really that's it you know um, cause I know it's a six mile an hour gun. And for me, I, I know how to train my brain to, 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 to do that. Obviously that's just, I think with the experience level. Um, but I know there's a lot of people out there that they're like, Oh, you should stick to one gun and caliber and, and own it. It's like, if I don't, all you know, is a six creed, really a heavy ass six creed. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to really seek being a true rifleman, trust me, like shooting a six creed is fucking child's play uh, or a six B a six variant. Right. Um, in, uh, you know, in a, in a 25 pound kit. So I, you know, when I'm training, I, I usually go over to my 308 because like you said, it really humbles you and tells you what you're fucking up on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so on my 308, even though it's kitted very similar to my, uh, six creed or my competition rifles, um, one thing I do have is, uh, increased trigger weight on my 308. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I don't have, um, kind of my weight kit to balance it out because, mm -hmm. uh, in my, in my six creed, I have some weights in my KRG to help balance out the forehand of the barrel. Uh, and I don't have that in my 308. And, you know, like you said, it, it really, it really tests your ability to not get away with shit. Uh, that you would on a on a on a heavy six creed and and i went over that video uh also too a couple uh last week uh, a fundamental versus a tip and trick tip and trick and a lot of people like, were were blown away about that um just it's, because like it's bizarre you know um it, it goes back to time and opportunity right time and opportunity as far as putting your uh, rifle or your support bag on your, you know, alternate shooting position and being able to maximize surface area contact and whatnot, you know, but when you throw your rifle in the balance point, it's like truly you can just free recoil at that point. Yeah. Okay. 
but you have to drive the rifle in order to be able to fucking see your impacts and deliver follow-up shots in the case that you didn't achieve the desired effects necessary. Exactly. So as a competitor, whether that be hitting the target and having to re-engage or if you're a hunter hitting your target and that motherfucker doesn't go down, right? Assessing. Or even a sniper, right? Assessing the situation. You know, so fundamentals, you know, is not throwing a heavy ass bag and heavy ass rifle on a prop and then being able to stabilize that and then fucking tap your six sounds trigger with your shot off. Mm-hmm. Like that's applying a tip or a consideration, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and obviously it's going to help you maximize obviously your hit probability, uh, but you know, driving the rifle is more the fundamental aspect of, of that, of that connection. Yeah. It's interesting when you, <clears throat> when you hear or see uh, other bits and pieces where it's like, Oh, we're just going to put the rifle on the support. We're going to find the balance and do our best not to touch it much. And it's like, uh, well, yeah, that's one way of doing it, I suppose. But you're not going to be able to do that with like a 10 pound hunting rifle. Yeah. So you're kind of like, you have to, you have to be able to, you have to be able to, to uh, train to a level that you can apply that skill or those uh, necessary inputs across a variety of platforms. Yeah. And, then, else, and then, I mean, imagine if someone went, went to a competition and the MD was like, oh, no rear bags, uh, no support bags. People that are so used to having support bags, guess what they would do? Oh, fuck this. I'm start bitching, right? I'm about, going home. Yeah, about the course fire. It's like, well, for me, it's like, oh, challenge okay. accepted, right? Sounds like, I'll, good. I'll let's fucking, do this. I'll, yeah, let's do it, right? Um, because I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable expectation to ask someone to shoot off a support, uh, um, a, a support without any kind of uh, uh, hard on soft contact. Give everybody an ass pack <laughs> with with a ranger roll in it and an MRE or isomat and duct tape <laughs> underneath the rifle. Yeah, that works too. Um, yeah, man, we were shooting, we were shooting rifles from barricades and stuff with bipod legs, you know, it's like, and and it's fine. Like I was talking about this the other day, as a matter of fact, I was writing down, I was writing this in my journal. The progression is necessary, right? Progression is a requirement. And, um, it was, uh, it was interesting. As a matter of fact, we were, have you ever watched that, that show, uh, on Netflix called explained? Mm -mm. All right. It's a super cool show. And it talks about like, uh, it's really well done documentary and it's a series and it covers all of these really obscure topics. Um, and one of them was the game of cricket. Have you ever fucking watched the game of cricket? It's madness. Like if you're, if you guys are out there, I know we got some people that are listeners in Australia. We got some people that are listeners in New Zealand and, and Britain. And if you dudes know how to play cricket, please send me a message and tell me how that fucking game is played because I have no idea even after watching that special. But the, what they talked about in the special was the evolution of cricket from, um, from its, its inception. This game used to be played for like five days long. It was literally a five day long game. Like you could sit and watch a match for, and it had to be over in five days. And then they realized that over time, like people weren't showing up. They weren't showing up to games because as, as society changes and society progresses, um, so does the game. 
And so they ended up realizing that they were losing patronage at these events because the games, like nobody was willing to commit. They went from like a five-day game, I think, to a, a, a two- or three-day game and then down to a one-day game. And even then, people were like at the one-day games, they hired this marketing company. And the marketing company came in. They were like, yo, dude, the reason people aren't watching your game is because they are not going to commit to being here for a freaking full 24 hours where you whack a ball around this thing. It's just not the way that it used to be. And so they had to modify the game and then they eventually went down to a three hour block, uh, which then attracted more people. And then on top of that, they, you know, they gamified it. They, they made it more, uh, more, I guess, gamey, if you will, in order to draw a crowd. And so it's an evolution of the game in this case that has been completely necessary to keep the sport alive. But I think that there's some parallels between that and like the evolution of our game with the bags and the shooter support gear and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that, um, you know, Matt Brousseau, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Brousseau. Yeah. I've not, I've, I've, I'm only yeah. interacted with him digitally. Dig, uh, uh, social media. Okay. So, so Matt Brousseau, I, I, we call him the, the champ champ. He's the, he won the, the PRS uh, series finale. Uh, twice season points um, a couple years ago, 2018 and 17, I believe. And um, him and I have uh, digitally, it looks like we are like, we're beefing, but we have actually a pretty good relationship, uh, you know, because he he knows my stance on fundamentals and stuff like that. And uh, he messaged me the other day and, uh, or just actually this morning. And he was like, dude, I thought about you this past weekend. I I had seen some guy um, with everything on his rifle, uh, digital calculator, barrel tuner, muzzle brake, weight kit, <laughs> shooting, nice. shooting, shooting a heavy barrel. And guess where that, where he ended up like 40th out of like 50 shooters. Right. Yep. And <clears throat> like, you know, he said he thought of me cause he's like, he's like, bro, he's like, he just wanted to tell him like, dude, you can't bolt on talent. Just take That's, a training class. Yep. I mean, yeah, I was- and, and it's cool that he like, you know, um, you know, him and I, him and I kind of, you know, have these, you know, um, when I post something like he'll, uh, you know, he'll make a comment about it, but he's usually just being a smart ass, right. Um, mm-hmm. or, or whatnot, um, uh, because he knows that both of us are be, we'll be able to back up our shit talking, right. Cause he's a really, he's a really solid shooter. Uh, you know, he's got, I would say he's got the, one of the most talented shooters in, 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 in the game. He'd be, he could, take a freaking six month break off go and, and, and go and sh- shoot a match and freaking win it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was super cool that he messaged me and said that. And I mean, it was like, fuck dude. Like, and that's where the sport is, is going as much as I love it. It's like, okay, going well, back to mindfulness behind the rifle. What is your why? If, if, if it's for you to have fun by all means, like I'm all for it. Right. If, if, if lugging around a, you know, 25, 30 pound rifle, um, is, is your thing, then that's your thing, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking on it. Um, I, I guess from my perspective, all I see for me is, um, I don't say true training value, but I was related back to obviously my roots of being a sniper. It's like, if I can't do that truly with a sniper rifle, or if I can't teach that to someone that is carrying a rifle in the defense of this nation, it's completely it's irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. 
Fair enough. If I can't take that piece of information and be like, okay, this is how it's going to benefit if I, if I put it on my social media for a sniper that's currently active to see, then I'm not going to put it out there, right? Because at that point, it's irrelevant to them, which is irrelevant to me. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know you, if I'm being like arrogant or no, or not I don't the, think so. Like, it's a statement of fact. Uh, it's sing, single, single mind or like, you know, if I'm have my blinders on here or the problem, the problem that we have with this whole situation is that we have, um, we've got a lot of feelings involved in this whole conversation. We have a lot of ego that's involved in this conversation. Yeah. And in order for you to just really, truly look at it for what it is, you got to separate all that stuff out. Yeah. You're like, okay, I don't really care about your feelings. We're talking about facts right now. We're talking about objective truths. And I really don't care about your ego either. Like, cool, fine, whatever. The, the fact of the matter is, is that you have people out there that when they want to get into the sport, they go automatically to what the pros use, quote, air quotes, quote, unquote, what the pros use. They just like, ah, well, that's the dude who won the series, you know, however many years in a row, I'm just going to buy what he has. Clearly it works for him. And so you, they buy this whole thing, have no idea how to put it together. And once they do finally figure out how to put it together and keep the fucking parts from rattling loose off of it, they don't understand how to shoot it. And they will never, ever go to a training class to learn how to shoot it because their ego will prevent them from doing that. And that is, that is, a, that is a gear race. That is a perpetual gear race. Uh, playing the devil's advocate here, do you think it's it's ego or also time and 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 uh, and money? So, you know, one thing when I look at the market and I look at our training classes, right? Um, and th- this is something that I think uh, you know I'd like to have a discuss a podcast is you know understanding that the way you and I make a living is based off of training, right, mm-hmm. and, and and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, when when people come out to class. You know, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not cheap, right? I mean, especially if you're flying out to Cody, you know, you've got airfare and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I look at, again, understanding what your time is worth and how much time gets wasted by going a hundred miles in the wrong direction. Sure. Right. 100% man. And I had a student today, uh, you know, he's he just drove out here from Wisconsin uh, super excited to learn about long range. He's just picked up rifle and he's not a hunter by trade. Uh, it's nice to see guys come out to the gunworks training class like that, you know, cause gunworks is known for hunting, but it's nice to to see guys like that, 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 that know gunworks for just their long range um, shooting. Um, you know, because when I teach my gunworks class, I try to not to just cater to hunters. I just try to educate just the art of long range shooting. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, when he introduced himself, he's like, you know, I'm not a hunter. I'm just here to, you know, learn a little bit more about long range. I start, just started getting into competitive shooting. By the time we took our first break after our components class, he pulled me aside. He's like, Phil, that was fantastic instruction. I learned more just in this three-hour block than I did taking a six-week course for four hours a night. It was either like once a week or, you know, four hours a night for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once a day, I don't know whatever mm-hmm. it was, but six weeks is still a long time. Right. Yeah. Uh, to, to do something. And, uh, you know, he, he went on and, and talked about how the, the, the curriculum, the long range curriculum, he took the, uh, the, from the company with like, they specialize in all these other, um, 
they specialize in all these other things like pistol shooting, carbon shooting. And yep. you and I just talked about on this the part of this podcast, which I think is still a, a pretty good relevant podcast to do is finding your instructor. But mm-hmm. you know, that's an immediately telltale sign for me is like, if they're not just specialized in one thing, you know, realistically, they, they're probably just regurgitating shit they saw mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe one of them is a qualified sniper, but many years ago when he did it and they just looking at another, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a business side, another way to just get a little, get, get a little more income sure. right? by, by uh, hosting a precision rifle class. You know, I look, man, uh, sure. Do we want you to come train? Absolutely. Um, am I going to specifically market and pander to that? No, I'm not because I don't need to. Like you're going to show up if you're going to show up. You're not going to show up if you're not going to show up. Like I'm trust, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. However, the the one thing that that I that I will say is that if it's hard to do, man. It really is. It's hard to do. It's hard to put, it's hard to put it aside and truly just be like, I don't know. And I am going to relinquish and let go of that. All that is holding me back and just go, um, and just be a student. Right. Um, and I think that we've, we, it's a long time coming for us to, to do a podcast specifically on what our perception is to be a good student. Um, but when it comes to picking all the right gear, picking all that stuff, it's like, okay, well, devil's advocate again. Do you really need an amp annealer to go along with your six BRA? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, dude, the money that you spent on that, you could very easily spend on just a fundamental shooting course. Yeah. You know, like that, who cares? I mean, yeah, shoot factory ammo for another year. Exactly. Like, don't, don't reload. Don't right. reload. Shoot a six screen more. Yeah. Do, don't reload. You know what I mean? Like sp- save that on, save that you, that you need like this amp annealer and, and all this other stuff. You don't right now. You, you need I to think, learn how to shoot. I think people get so wrapped around the details, you know, in terms of accuracy um, yeah, of, of trying to eliminate, eliminate that variable that they never focus on what the true variable is, which is them fucking selves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And trust me, I do it as an, and, and I think every um, uh, top level competitor can attest to this. Uh, most people uh, at the higher echelons of competing, you know, reload and, and shoot those calibers to separate themselves from the people that are already at the top level that are already fundamentally sound because they got a lot of experience and stuff like that. And, it, it just didn't take them overnight to get there, right? Sure. A lot of these guys have been competing for years, you know, and, and shooting local matches and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is what it takes. You don't see that. You don't see that all that extra effort they're putting into it. They just mm-hmm. see what's online and what, what, what they're, you know, what, what, what they're posting as far as their gear. Um, you know, you don't see the amount of years and dedication that they're putting into, you know, that, that, that work. And, Again, I, I reload, I, I kneel my brass, you know, I learned a shit ton from Scott Satterley's, uh, you know, our, our <laughs> podcast with Scott and, um, you know, it, it made me go back to the drawing board as far as my reloading techniques. But, uh, you know, I still think for me with the acceptable accuracy that I, that I, you know, am looking for 
in terms of practical shooting. I mean, Hornady factory does it for me and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm able to now, you know, focus more of my effort on things that matter, such as really matter, such as your ability to call wind, your ability to shoot off of alternate shooting positions, your ability to um, accept that you're never going to be 100% perfect on your wind calls. Mm-hmm. But if I miss, I know that I can confidently make a correction because I can <clears throat> see my impact and I know how to, again, adjust um, based off of, you know, my psychological, you know, checklist or whatever the case, you know, my post shot checklist of, okay, that's where my shot went. This is the correction that I need to make. Hey, is the wind still doing, you know, the things that really separate the top shooters from the mid pack shooters, all those small little things. Right. And it's, it's, it's in the details. I don't think that the reason why, you know, um, I get beat on the podium is because homeboy had a 1.2 SD (laughs) over my, 5.6 5.6 right and my es of 30 and his es of 10 yeah because trust me we were shooting two to two and a half three moa targets at distance mm-hmm. i missed because i was uh, i was off on my wind call and i would say i would confidently say that about 95 percent of my shot 98 percent of my shots are because i missed for wind and i would say two percent are because it's like uh maybe that was just you know that 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 deviation there because yeah. it was over the top or underneath so it's like, well, and I would also encourage a lot of you guys that are out there doing this stuff. Like how often do you shoot at a hundred yards? You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like how often do you, how often do you go back to the paper and humble yourself willingly and openly? You, um, you know, a really great job of that. I'm going to give him a shout out Chris way. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been slaying himself at a hundred and it showed he, he, he crushed the, uh, the rifles only match um, a couple months ago. Uh, but he puts a lot of uh, work in at, at uh, the closer distances. It's um, the only way that you can truly isolate what it is yeah. that you're doing wrong. Yeah. And, and uh, truly you know, a podcast with Alex Hartman, he's like, dude, he slays dudes at a hundred yards because mm-hmm. he knows that uh, it's easy for him to teach wind and, and uh, elevation. Right. Cause that's all he has to do is just apply dope and make a wind that's throw. Right. Um, but if you know, I, I need, to, you need to learn how to shoot at a hundred yep. yards on paper. And it's not glorious. It's not amazing, but you need to shift the way your mind thinks of glorious and amazing because that's what's going to give you the results that you want. That's what's going to let you come away from the firing line with missed shots going, yeah, that, uh, that was a hundred percent me. And not only do I know that it was me, I know why I have the diagnostic tools to be able to figure it out. Um, based upon like correlating, okay, if this, then that, right? This is the action. This is the reaction. Reaction being what printed on the target. And there's no, oh, am I chasing dope or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, man, you're just, you're pressing the trigger when you shouldn't be. That's all that there is to it. And the sooner that you can wrap your brain around that and accept it um, and stop worrying about everything else, then you're going to be able to elevate and, and, and kind of, uh, jump the plateau and, and move past that plateau a lot faster. Like it. Yeah. So what do you think next one? What do you want to talk about next time? Bro? Um, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, you know, put, start pushing. I miss, you know, I miss pushing content out there and I, I, I'm excited to drop this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're reaching, um, a hundred thousand freaking, uh, downloads, which is awesome. Check. Thanks everyone. 
that's but it's just did crazy I, did I, guys did I jump so again? crazy no it's no it's good no it's uh let's see here eighty nine thousand eighty nine thousand damn so that's pretty badass guys um you know i'm no how I'm many no how many how podcast. many uh, followers we have 1410 subscribers so yeah, 1410 of you i feel sorry for you to listen to my like <laughs> constipated ass voice <laughs> it, it, dude i'm not gonna I'm be able to myself I, I always feel like i'm like when i talk and i hear myself talk it's like i'm 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 uh, i'm like holding my nose together <laughs> it's horrible anyway, it's horrible to listen to yourself I, talk for a while cody said the same thing I, he's I, like yeah I listen to the podcast. It's so weird to listen to yourself talk. <laughs> so like, I appreciate I everyone sticking through our podcast. And no, we appreciate it. Me listen. But uh, no, I mean, dude, next one, I think, uh, you know, let's see the feedback we got on this one. But I, I think, um, you know, I'm excited. I, I think we should talk about, uh, you know, what it takes to be a, be a student. Yeah, you know? I'm down with that. Think, That'll be a good one. I think that's a good one. Um, uh, because again, I'm, I'm always a student, although I, you know, I'm an instructor. I, I still feel like, you know, yeah, I still feel like I have a lot more to learn and I, I, I enjoy being a student. Um, every time I sit down with yourself or, you know, Scott or even Aaron Davidson, you know, or I'm a, mm-hmm. a boss, like I'm sitting there, I'm absorbing information and, um, you know, talking about just the, the, the mindset of being in that office and, you know, I could take it one way. I'd be like, Oh no, I got this right. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with, obviously, I think another thing we can talk about on top of that is uh, choosing your instructor, right? Um, that would go, that's of, pretty good hand in hand. Yeah, For I think sure. hand in hand, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate everyone, appreciate everyone uh, tuning in, appreciate everyone uh, understanding of my um, my weight and my uh, busyness. So Yeah, it's, dude, it's life, man. It's totally life. Just don't, don't even, just, man, you got, it's life comes first, dude life totally comes first. You're doing the single dad thing. You got a little girl, you got a new house. Like it, that, that's big, that's big kid stuff that you're dealing with. So don't even sweat it. Like it yeah. is what it is. Um, so yeah, man, congratulations. Thanks for, uh, thanks for paving the way, Kalen. Um, you know, for everyone that, that, uh, one thing I'm just going to throw out there, um, you know, although the modern day sniper concept is a, is a Kalen and Phil thing, what Kalen has been doing with modern day sniper and the online training program, that's 100% Kalen. And, uh, you know, I'll be completely honest with you, the, the work he's doing, I don't envy. <laughs> so I just have to, you know, just let everyone know, like as much as you're, you're thanking me, like, don't thank me, like the circle of components class, like, although, you know, Kalen and I do talk about it. Um, that's all his baby. I cannot take any credit for that. Um, so yeah, dude, my hat's off to you for being able to, to knock that in honestly, bro, you're setting the bar for us as instructors in the, in this industry. And, 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 and I'm excited to be it. a part of the journey with uh, modern day sniper. I really appreciate that. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool hearing that come from you and thank you so much. Uh, it's a shit ton of work. I didn't even realize how much work it really was. I kind of had a, I kind of had an idea just cause I've done some video stuff with different things in the past. And, but then when you're like, I wouldn't be able to do this without my, my amazing wife, Cassandra. I wouldn't be able to do this without Brian bear Butler, our videographer, our podcast editor, who's also Brian bear Butler. Give him a follow Instagram. Where's the bear? Um, super cool guy in terms of his videography and photography skills. He's an aspiring, um, national geographic photographer 
and he is uh, he's doing a phenomenal job for us on the videography as well. And, um, you know, Cassandra is just, she's the one putting it all together. She's the one that's responsible for the brand image. She's like, I, this is a team effort big time. And so, um, that's been, uh, it's been really cool to put your head to, to have our heads down. It's a great opportunity to do that with the whole COVID situation. Um, it was a little scary at first, but then we just realized, okay, well, we're just going to pivot and we're going to use the advantage of being a small business and being able to be nimble. And that's what we're going to take advantage of. And that's what we did. And we have a ton of cool stuff coming. I am more, I am so excited for this stuff. Um, not only because it's all, it's because I'm going to have a chance to connect to a whole ton of people that I didn't have a chance to connect with before. And that's, that's the thing that I think sometimes we have a, a tendency to look too, too narrow in our world. Like we, we seem to think that the whole, you know, precision rifle world as a whole kind of revolves around these two different organizations where it's like, no man, the world, there is 30 million hunters in the United States, 30 million of them. Now, we know that whatever the percentages of our people that are really going to take it to the next level, but those are the people that we want to connect with. We want to, we want to connect with you. We want to spread information as far and wide as we can. And then what that does is it allows us to connect you with all of the other people that we know and all of the other people that we trust to go to for information. So it's just broadening everything. It's just a giant web of network. And that's what we want to do. There's, it's like, there's so much room for everybody out there. It's insane. Yeah. Big things on the horizon guys. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to, uh, Kalen dropping his fundamentals of marksmanship, uh, class. That's going to get be, yourself signed that, up for the email that's, list. Guys. That's going to be huge guys. Like seriously. I mean, you know, I, I would say when I look, look at back at my Instagram and, and, and when I look at, you know, YouTube videos and stuff like that, there's, there's not anywhere where you have a consolidation of, uh, this information in, in the building block approach that Kalen has that in, right. Um, that nowhere else you're going to find that unless you are so dedicated to the, to, to lurking him at him in our Instagram and then like, <laughs> kind of put that shit in pieces. Cause I'll tell you, it's spread the fuck out everywhere. Yeah. Right? It's hard. I mean, I've got super hard, you know, one post here two years ago about natural point of aim. And then maybe two or three weeks ago, I talked about trigger control, <laughs> which I would say, is right along the you know same lines as far as timeline for that building block approach, but yep. nowhere else you're going to find that consolidation of information all at once. And yeah, dude, I'm excited to see uh, you released on that. Yeah, man, guys, get yourself signed up at the email uh, on moderndaysniper.com so you get the email updates on when we're dropping stuff. Um, getting ready to release the monthly newsletter here coming up with some information. So um, thanks everybody for your time. Thank you so much again for listening. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. We appreciate all your comments. Uh, it's, it's super inspirational. It really is. So until next time, guys, shoot well. Keep your face on the gun, guys. See you. Peace.